Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Geekscapists. Welcome to our brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm Jonathan London. That would be your host. And if this is your first Geekscape, well, strap yourselves in for a little bit of pop culture talk, uh, movies, video games, comic books, TV, all of the pop culture conversation you can fit under the hood of that cranium of yours. That is what we do here at Geekscape. I've got my good friend Ian Kerner joining me because we're going to be talking all about Marvel's new Echo series that premiered a little bit, uh, I think, middle of last week on Disney Plus, and they uh, put the whole thing up, all five episodes. In one fell swoop, some people binged it. I watched it over the course of two, three days, uh, and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit, uh, which is a good conversation considering we just had Garrett on to talk about the uh, daily release schedule that they did for What If Season 2, which was another interesting sort of streaming experiment. Uh, Talk to my friends in the streaming space, and we all talk about this idea of contraction. There was so much content coming out on streaming, and people were into so much of this stuff and there was a race to uh have big names and big projects and uh, be the streamer that has a bunch of stuff then when we first started seeing the cancellations and things starting to come out from places like netflix or maybe it was happening over uh warner brothers on uh the max line and this and that you start thinking about the idea of contraction and people are still kind of finding uh what's the best model that works for them or their audience and these audiences are so stratified the demographics are so different, you know? So a lot of younger people maybe do watch the Disney plus while older people maybe go for a different streamer or a more established streamer that has a longer running. I don't know what I'm talking about, but you guys get what I'm saying, right? Like it is all an experiment and this Disney echo uh, series came out all at once and we'll see how it works. I don't think it, it will be the end of Marvel's uh, experimentation with how they release their streaming, but it, it's interesting, at least to me, if you're interested in it, Great. If you're not that interested in it, well, I've got like 18 years of podcasts you can go listen to. Last week's was great. Mickey Rapkin, shortlisted for an Oscar. Uh, that is awesome. And uh, my producer, Mickey, Mickey's producer, Noam, who's recently been on the on the, the podcast feed because he was on the screenwriting episode from LA Comic Con uh, when we did that panel. Uh, he went to a party. Uh, it, maybe it's Numb's story to tell, but it is. It was. Uh, it was pretty exclusive. Like Leonardo DiCaprio and these other Oscar hopefuls are putting together parties for you know getting votes, and and uh, Numb goes over there to he goes to this freaking party for Leonardo DiCaprio and Lily Gladstone, his his co star in um, Killers of the Flower Moon, and he's at this house. I'm not going to tell you whose house it is, but, but Noam looks over and he's like, who's that guy in the corner? It was Mel Gibson. And they get in a little conversation and Noam says, you know, I got this movie. It's shortlisted for an Oscar. And Mel's like, oh, what's it called? And Noam says, the Anne Frank gift shop. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you any more of that story. Follow Geekscape on socials. And uh, of course, subscribe to the Geekscape podcast. Maybe Noam will be on soon to tell the rest of that story. <laughs> but yeah, they... <laughs> well, you, you guys know about Mel. 
you know, and uh, and you guys know about my producer Nam, and you, from last week, you guys know about the Anne Frank gift shop, Mickey's uh, Oscar shortlisted project. Um, I also talked to my friend Chris Black about coming on Monarch, which is like one of my favorite streaming shows that's over there on Apple TV. It's the Godzilla show, or at least a tie-in to the Godzilla King Kong uh, legendary stuff. Monarch legacy of monsters that wrapped up i loved the finale i loved a lot of that series and i immediately reached out to chris who's been on the show uh and was like hey chris we got to talk about the monarch i loved it and he said apple gave him the a-okay so i don't know i don't know when everybody's busy but we'll figure out how to get chris back on the show to talk all about some godzilla and monarch legacy of the monsters because if you haven't seen it uh yeah it's a monster show but don't count the acting and the writing out because it's a monster show. There's some stuff in there, especially that finale. There's a Kurt Russell scene that I was just like, Oh yeah, that seems really, really awesome. Um, and Facebook users already up on uh, Facebook chatting with me. This is what do you think about the season finale of Monarch? Well, regardless of what I think, right? Because it's just my opinion. I, I did love the show. I think it was a combination of fun, you know, the fun monster stuff. And the human stories in the time jumping, it all it all started working on me. Um, but there is that scene with Kurt Russell. Uh, and you know the scene. There's a scene with Kurt Russell in the finale that uh, I think one of the, the publications like TV Insider or something talked about it. And it's just a really well-acted scene. It's a beautiful scene. Uh, complicated little scene. And I thought it was great. And so you can say, oh, yeah, we can do... Uh, we, we, we can do monster TV all we want, but I think it elevated the series a lot. And Chris wrote that episode. So I definitely want to talk to him about that. And Facebook user, I don't know why it only says Facebook user, but it says, uh, yeah, that one scene with Kurt Russell was legit. It, it, we've loved him since <laughs> Big Trouble Little China and all that. So uh, we're here to talk about Echo, a series that, hey, who knows what you thought about it going in, but you got all five episodes at once, so you should be knowing about it now. This is the last chance I'll be telling you that there will be spoilers, and I can't wait to talk about it. So let's kick the theme song, and let's come back with Ian Kern, and let's talk some Marvel's Echo. All right, Geekscapists, you're here to hear us talk about Echo, the brand new Marvel series on Disney+. Plus. They dumped all five episodes. You should be caught up by now if you're listening to this. There are only five episodes, uh, but this is your final spoiler warning for our conversation with my good friend who I'm bringing in right now. Maybe he's doing a little bit of research. I think I see him doing a little bit of research, but I'll bring him anyway. Uh, Ian, how much research do you actually have to do considering you are the encyclopedic, like, you are the all mind. What is it? What do the Cree have? The supreme intelligence of yes. the, of comic books. I mean, look, I just sometimes like to review some stuff of, you know, and make sure I'm remembering stuff. Right. And actually what I was just looking at is something I thought really interesting for the sake of this 
apparently they've updated the uh, official MCU timeline to now include the Netflix shows. Yes. Well, we all knew that they added the Netflix shows. No, we knew they added them, but apparently um, they're now actually listed as part of the MCU timeline. Fantastic. That, did that, we ever have any doubts, though, Ian? We did, because we weren't really sure. Look, when, when we saw Charlie Cox playing Daredevil again in She-Hulk, there's always or in, been this, or in Spider-Man, No Way Home. Yeah, yeah. But there's always been this possibility that he's an alternate, from that the Netflix one could still have been a different universe, and just still Charlie Cox's Daredevil, but everything that happened wasn't necessarily canon for what they're calling 616. Yeah, I think that they've avoided getting... I mean, it, it might get messy, sure. It might get messy, but considering... Well, the, the, the current rumors are that Foggy and Karen are back, at which point, yeah, the Netflix just happened. There's really and no reason for them not to have. Especially since in that first Daredevil, you're coming off of a major event like the Battle of New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have ties. I would, I'm, you know, don't check right now, but... Where is the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on that MCU timeline? Because has it always been there? Because obviously we had Nick Fury in that first well, season. Well, by the way, and if you go, well, there's a lot, there was a lot of crossover. While it wasn't, it was always supposed to be official, but then they had the issues with Perlmutter and Feige, right? right. But for instance, things like um, the helicarrier coming to the rescue at the end of Age of Ultron, it's actually set up in, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because mm-hmm. you don't know how that happens. Yeah. You know, it's it's set up over the course of several episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. before. There's a bunch of stuff that made Agents, until the last season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. You know, but I mean, up um, until then, you're still talking well. about, yeah. you're still doing, and, you're still having the yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Trans, go through the Scott, quantum realm. I was at the same orphanage as Matt Murdock. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that was in there that was set up. Okay. So, yeah, I mean. Well, Marvel, like, went, Marvel took this Echo show and turned it into a Marvel Spotlight series. We haven't seen a Marvel Spotlight series before, have we? What did you think about that when you first saw that black and white Marvel Spotlight? Honestly, the idea of that, it's a weird thing, right? Because Marvel Spotlight, even as a comic, was never out of continuity. They're just trying to say, hey, you can go ahead and watch this, and you don't have to watch anything before, and it, it doesn't necessarily affect anything else. I think the idea is that you're not a slave to continuity. And I will say that the first episode does a really good job of completely telling you her story without, you didn't see Hawkeye, it doesn't matter. They tell you everything that you that you missed in Hawkeye, you see it. And I loved that first episode because you get a taste of Hawkeye. You get some scenes from Hawkeye. You get everything from the Hawkeye show. And I love your shirt right now. He's wearing the Matt Fraction Hawkeye shirt. Uh, you're, you get the Hawkeye element, but then... Oh my God! How much did you love Daredevil, Daredevil popping in? And awesome. he's got the whip, whip, you know, weapon the, the and everything. Club the and Billy the, Club and is and zipping around. Red. Yeah, the, that was awesome. And awesome. you know what? A part of me, after I saw Daredevil, it got me so hyped that I was like, I can't wait to see the re- next four episodes because there will be all these other Marvel characters kind of helping to you know, buoy a lesser known character like Echo and not just lesser known to MCU fans, but, but she's only been around on the page for less than 20 years. And uh, I'm kind of glad that I did not get that. I'm glad I, I'm kind of glad I didn't get a revolving door of Marvel cameos. And at first I was concerned because when she leaves New York in that first, be the end of the first episode and you find out that most of the series is going to take place in rural Oklahoma, I started going, wait, do I want to see this? major New York based character who works for the Kingpin 
to start out with and then joins the Avengers. Do I want to see her in rural Oklahoma? Is that the show I want to see? And the show did a pretty good job of telling me, hey, man, like, chill. We got some cool stuff coming your way. I, I was conflicted. You know, I loved the first two episodes and I really liked the third one. And it wasn't until after that that I really, you know, I mean, basically from what we've heard, the show was cut down a lot. It was originally several more episodes. And that becomes really clear to me in four and five. Like, How so? Because it just, it feels really rushed. I mean, fine, they do the, this whole redemption story and she comes to, to grips with these new powers, but it, it feels like it becomes like a very different show. I was really enjoying, honestly, everything, you know, in the hometown, with the family, great characters. I agree with you. I didn't need it to be a whole bunch of, you know, other you know, Marvel characters coming and all that. Um, this was an interesting story, but it, it just, I mean, tonally, I think it shifts hugely. When Wilson just pops back up? Well, no, I, I mean, when the like episodes four and five and listen, they, 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 they kind of do somersaults to just make the, the two different plot lines work together. Don't you think okay. in the end? Well, do it some stuff. Make sense that they're going to blow the whole fair up and all that stuff. Like, like I was no, like, that that felt like like Wilson Fisk just like retribution for not for being turned down because he gives Maya the choice of coming back to New York and being one of his enforcers, coming back to be a we're right. gonna be family. But you know that family is just gonna be like, hey, you're gonna be my enforcer now, and that felt like Wilson Fisk like hurting her, and so right. that made sense to me. Um. I was just kind of invested in seeing the cast of characters at that point. And would I like to see them again? I don't know. I mean, like Maya, Maya in this series is different than the Maya on the comics Very page. different. Very different. And I thought we were in for a bit of, of license when that first scene showed up and you start with the indigenous, uh, what would, would you call it a spirit? Would you call it like the origin of her people yes, and the chakra, yeah. the chakra. And then you start to see like the, in every episode up until well, they, those they, last, they, they those last that two. They weren't even human and they became human. And, you know, and obviously there's other things in the MCU we've seen these extra dimensional beings, whatever they are, you know, and they almost look like scrolls with the, they with did the what they did. Yeah. I was thinking, but, that too. um, and I, and I, and I was buying all of it cause it's Marvel. And it's like, okay, sure, like if you guys want to change this stuff, go for it. But in the comics, when, Echo is introduced. She's simply an enforcer for, or an assassin enforcer for the for the kingpin, and she kind of has like a taskmaster type of ability to mimic your movements and echo them. So if she fights Daredevil, she can fight Daredevil to a standstill because before you know it, she's she's fighting she, at Daredevil's she had ability. Studied da- Daredevil and Bullseye fights, right? So that that's what made her able to initially fight Daredevil. And so anybody she studies, she can echo their movements. And right. I think I understand. Once you've introduced Taskmaster, especially a gender flopped, gender flipped mm-hmm. Taskmaster, like in like in Black Widow, that you don't want to have two characters, female characters that both mimic their. By opponents. the way, even having done that, the idea that they put this female in this outfit that made him look male, Taskmaster, was just cribbing what they did with Ronan with Echo in the comics, mm-hmm. which is to say, you know, the original idea at one point you had the initial Echo origin story is pretty close to the comics what we got in hawkeye yeah you know it, it, it diverges a little bit but um in the comics for a while when they introduced that character ronan that you see you know hawkeye has the you know the outfit and everything both in endgame and in the hawkeye miniseries 
Um, originally, they didn't, in the comics, you didn't know who Ronan was. And it was actually supposed to be Matt Murdock. But mm-hmm. then they decided that they wanted, people expected that, so they flipped it. So it turned out it was Echo. So, here, and then later, the second Ronin yeah. was Clint Barton. What they did here, though, from the get-go with having this super-dimensional or alien or cosmic power given to her. And you see it glow in her hands. You see it glow in her mother. They, they really want to let you know, like, there are supernatural or super-powered elements at play here. We had talked before the show that now in the comics, folks, the Phoenix Force has chosen Echo to be well, the anymore. Phoenix Force. Oh, well, at, at least, least, at least last year. Oh, well, what's funny is the J- there's a lot of Jason Aaron here. And I'm not yeah. just talking about like Scout, right? Like, it feel, like I love Jason Aaron's Scout, the, the book that oh, he did that was book. put out by, by Image. And Jason Aaron had a Wasn't pretty... Was Vertigo? Oh, it was Vertigo for DC. My bad. Yeah. Um, and he put out this huge Avengers Forever story. And a lot of it, he gave Echo the Phoenix Force. He also had generational Avengers. He had like Avengers BC and like all these different kind of Avengers. Um, And Echo was always part of an inherent, of like a core Avengers team. Well, the Phoenix Force was. And so the Phoenix Force, not only being, oh, guys, Geekscape, do I want to do this? I just went down this road and it's so complicated. But the Phoenix is then revealed to be Thor's mother in some sense. And then you find out the Phoenix Force is inhabited Echo and she's the current phoenix until the end of that storyline well, moves on some of the infinity comics they said that she had an ancestor that was phoenix force before that and there's some time travel stuff and all that so i actually think what they really did with this series and this idea of this being a generational thing they borrowed from that storyline and they weren't going to do the phoenix force in echo because the phoenix force is so strongly tied to x-men and a having done it not that long ago in the the fox movies but B, you know, maybe they'll revisit, maybe they won't. So I actually think it was really cool that they just made it this so much more tied into Native American lore. Yeah, agreed. But that's and, what that was, the idea of Echo going from the street level um, fighter to this more cosmically powered one was exactly yeah. that. And at first I thought it was a pretty aggressive move. And I was like, whoa, whoa, you get away from what Echo is. That being said it changes it keeps her from being taskmaster mm-hmm. you know and taskmaster is great i guess we get, we're going to get taskmaster again in thunderbolts in thunderbolts which i i love this version of taskmaster taskmaster is one of my favorite villains um but uh we got this 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 uh this echo now and echo has some supernatural powers i think healing abilities a bit of premonition uh, what would you say her powers are at this point? I mean, she does have some fighting abilities. They're not necessarily based on studying and mimicry, are they? Well, we've never seen that in this character. This character just happened to be that, that more of that badass prodigy martial artist. Mm-hmm. We did not ever see any kind of, I mean, to borrow the taskmaster term, the photographic reflexes, right? Right. Um, so we didn't see it. So, yeah, I mean, it seemed like a basic cosmic stuff i actually thought it was really interesting sharing the abilities with the family yeah yeah that was cool yeah i thought but that was kind of cool it's tied in with your bloodline like these are the these are yeah. ancestral powers which is super cool right and i don't necessarily think we ever need marvel to answer those questions like tie them into an alien race or anything like that i think that we're cool just accepting that this is their lane um 
they did that in what if well, we by, by about the way two weeks ago it, it, it's 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 very similar to what they did with Ms. Marvel, right? Yeah. Yeah. Said, hey, this is part of your lineage. Of the clandestine thing. Yeah. So we get a few things towards the end of this. And in in Ian, I actually liked the last two episodes. I don't I don't think that they necessarily felt like then rushed. I just liked them. I just felt like yeah. the tone shifted dramatically and it became more of a crime series or what? It, well, it, became, rushed, a, or what? it became so much about that that spirituality thing. I mm-hmm. mean was really enjoying that, you know, street level, you know, the jumping on the train thing. And yeah, she's crazy and all that stuff was really cool. And then suddenly it's like, okay, well, never mind. Now we're going to do this. But if you don't, if you don't satisfy the questions that she has about her mother, who she see her lose as a kid in the first episode, I don't think that we have a closure in this season. I think you definitely had to get to back to the spiritual in order to satisfy the relationships that were set up in the and, first and episode. They, with her. they set it up from the get-go. So, yeah, I mean, the grandmother and the mother, that stuff had to be satisfied. Especially, you know, and the spirituality stuff had to be satisfied too because that was such a strong yeah. stylistic opening. And I liked it. And obviously, I mean, there's no question that from the sake of representation and having doing it the right way, in terms of you know telling this very Native American story, they did a fantastic, phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, they said on the screen they actually had you know um, con- they actually consulted directly, you know, which is great. And I think they I did that, that as well on on that What If episode. Yes, they had, yes. I think it was Mohawk. I that. The episode yeah, was, awesome. was Mohawk, and it the, was yeah. Mohawk and What If. Yeah. And here it's Choctaw. Am I getting Choctaw, this right? Yeah. Yes. Um, I thought I, I enjoyed Echo more than I thought I would. After, and I mainly was dubious because of what you said, that there were more episodes. They got cut down. It felt like there was um, some some issues that, you know, whenever I see that, you know, whenever there's smoke and you're like, oh, there might be fire. Wow. This stuff might, you know, might not be that good. And then I, I ended up in really, really, really enjoying all five episodes of this By series. the way, I don't usually do this, but after I watched the first one and we had Daredevil, I was like, I had a look. I was like, is he in any others? And they list Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock in three of the five, three more in uh, episodes three, four, and five, which he's not in. No, he got cut out, I guess. <laughs> I'm so sorry like, about that. Wait, what? That being said, we've been hearing a lot about the changes that they made to Daredevil Born Again. Like you listed, yes, they, 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 they create a brand new pilot. I think that maybe brings Karen and Foggy back, which uh, I had to text you and be like, dude, I hear Karen well, and Foggy well, are back. I'm well, so excited. To be clear, more than back, apparently the original take was he's raging because they're, they're killed off screen. No, thanks. No, I don't think I, that I would have flown with fans at all. No, no. Yeah, fans would Way not have been that. down with that. A, have a minute and B, and hopefully don't kill them. Please do not kill them. Yeah. Um, Karen? I mean, if we're doing yeah. Born Again, if we're I doing, yes. maybe if we're leading into a bullseye, a new bullseye or a return of the bullseye and reforming him into the bullseye well, listen, that we know. Listen, if that's what you're going to do, she, she has to do porn first. No, 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 no. Geeks gave us the original original Daredevil Born Again, Frank Miller's, was that Karen was down on her luck. She'd done porn. She needed a hit of drugs, and she sold Matt Murdock's identity, and it eventually landed in the hands of the Kingpin, and the Kingpin took his life apart. That is an awesome comic book run. Now, mind you. I do not want to see that happen. What I I was was really fascinated by that story, though, is – Kingpin realizes that knowledge is power, and if too many people have that knowledge, it isn't his power anymore. And he kills every single other person that the, the whole chain. 
He makes who sure knows. he kills all of them. Who know if you know Matt Murdock is Daredevil, I'm going to kill you. I have to yeah. have this power. It's only him. What did you think of Wilson Fisk in this uh, season? D'Onofrio is phenomenal in that role. It's like we got to see his eye role. heal. We got to see him with that mechanical yeah. thing that healed his eye. Yeah. Fine, you know, but yeah, it, awesome. it set awesome. him up pretty good for Born Again, and, and, and that tag is a direct setup. Direct setup to Wilson Fisk running for mayor, which he did yeah. successfully in the Marvel comics. And he outlined superheroes in New York. He set up a lot of yeah. things that are still in play. And well, well you know, if, and comics does, does something interesting. You know, initially when they made him mayor, I think, oh, this would just be a minute. And it was, it, it didn't last only a minute, but, but you know what they did is, I mean, not to get overly political, but they were basically doing a, you know, the comics writers tend to be very liberal and they were doing a, you know, the bad guy Donald in power Trump. thing. Yeah. yeah. And he was a bit Trump dumpty in this season too. Like he was saying yeah. some things that we'd actually heard Donald Trump say. Yeah. Like he was saying like, like in Heidi turned to me and she goes, he's Donald Trump. Like he's a smart Donald yeah. Trump. And I was like, yes. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. He has rage problems. Yes. That's right. That's, he is, that's what they're he doing. He's manipulative and he's mean. Like that is, he, mm-hmm. he, he go, and, he lashes and, and out at people common. for no reason. And I'm looking forward not only to the MCU Netflix stuff or the Netflix stuff joining the MCU, but uh, to me, the logical conclusion to Wilson Fisk as mayor is my man Luke Cage is mayor. I mean, which is why, honestly, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being too I'm, wishful. I'm, well, yeah. well, that's just it. Remember how the last Luke Cage ended where he was basically set up as a new kingpin. Mm-hmm. And we never got any resolution to that, so I'd like yeah. to see that resolution. Uh, it, Jim Pugnall says Trump wishes he had fist money and his physique, and he's right. <laughs> well, that's just it. Can you imagine if 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 Donald Trump was actually a truly physically important, uh, imposing, physically yeah. imposing, threatening person yeah. who actually could, with his bare hands, kill people? There were some scenes in this where. Um, the the Maya Lopez and Kingpin are one on one, and you think it's going to go to some form of a fight. And I just told Heidi, I said, if he gets her hands on her, the fight is over because he is so yeah. strong. I mean, I mean, he technically has some level of super strength, right? Like Frank Miller has him like lifting the crazy amount of weights of this and that, and he's just yeah, they, they do this crazy thing. He's just them. so massive, and he's just and yeah. he's I mean, he's big, but it's all muscle. Um, honestly, I loved the scene in the alley with the hot dog. Vendor, yeah yeah that was that was a pretty awesome character moment where this hot dog vendor or really ice cream vendor had been rude to maya as a child and oh, yeah, kingpin witnesses it and says i'll be right back and maya walks in on him killing the person in the alley and it, and it, when you think that she's going to be horrified she walks over and starts kicking the hot the the ice cream vendor and i was like that is the worst treatment of an ice cream vendor short of spawn maybe issue number five <laughs> or whatever it was <laughs> like they, they that that when she comes over and just starts kicking him, violator it was such a great and shout out to former geekscape guest ken christensen who was on years ago and was part of this writing group but i uh, i thought that it was just awesome that um they uh that they did that with action instead of you know like she witnessed and then you we realize he is a awful awful influence on her um well, I actually felt that more than the influence, because um, that, that's that moment where he sees something in her and he recognizes the rage and her desire to express it, mm-hmm. that he thinks she's going to be horrified and she isn't. In fact, she's like, yeah, great. Let's beat this guy. 
<laughs> Any chance that we're going to see her again soon? Maybe, I don't know. I, I don't I think honestly, born again, born again too soon. Like what do we got? She, we, I don't, she won't be in that. I think that if, if you had asked me this a month ago, I would have said, no way. This is a burn off. I think it's doing well though. It's a lot of people too. have told me how much they enjoy the yeah. series. And these are not comic people. These are people who just casually do the MCU thing. And, they and were, they're airing they, it on both um, Disney and Hulu. And mm-hmm. it's doing well on both services. Like the ratings are, are high. Great. So, Great. you know, maybe. At the end of the series, she's headed back to New York. We're not sure what she's going to yeah, do. Yeah, she just right? leaves town, right? Yeah. He's headed back to New York. He's running for mayor. He's heading back to New York, but we're not sure what she's going to do. Um, so we could see her, we could not see her. And, that, that, and that's what I think made it a Marvel spotlight. I think the idea was, you know what? You didn't have to see what came before. If you saw Hawkeye, great. They threw him in there. Um, and we may never see her again. It's an, it's an interesting show. Here's the thing about the show, which is unfortunate. Like, There's no reason for a season two because everything interesting about the show with her in the town, there's nothing to go back to. Right. You know, there isn't really a story there. You'd have to introduce a new threat. I think somebody that would be interesting would be, I mean, actually uh, born again related is uh, who's the super soldier that nuke nuke. I think nuke would have a, a fun role in this street level world of heroes. Right. And they, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, in the most recent um, Uncanny Avengers, they didn't have Nuke, but they had the clone Steve Rogers that was right. created by the Red Skull and the Cosmic Cube. Yeah. And that was pretty interesting to have an evil Steve Rogers return. Steve-o. Um Steve. <laughs> yeah. They say Daredevil uh, or Deadpool. Called, Deadpool called him Steve. Uh, but having a character like that among like some of these characters yeah. and maybe their Thunderbolts is adjacent. I, well, I, it, I think this stuff can really live on Disney plus. It, it's interesting to me though, that like same thing with Shang Chi, where the MCU, they've done this thing where they've taken the street level character and they made it more cosmic. Right. And mm-hmm. you know, it's definitely possible. Echo pops up, you know, in, you know, I mean the next big Avengers movie with secret wars and Kang and all that, but none know? of the, Martin, the, the Netflix or these characters have actually, you know, it's on all their contracts. And they've said, they said back then it was on all their contracts when they were doing the Netflix stuff that they could. The original appear, Netflix stuff. Right. That they could appear in, they could get called up to the. To the you always expected it. I, I, and we never got it. We never get? got Daredevil flipping and, through. And if they weren't endgame, I, you know, I expected to just see them on the street dealing with, you know, whatever Black Order stuff was happening. What we got was Spider-Man. Yeah. I'm sorry. But at that point in particular, the division was very clear. Yeah. Different now. So I don't know what else you want to say about Echo. We both really enjoyed it, it turned out. Yeah. I mean, I I don't have a ton more to say. You know, there there, there isn't a ton of Easter eggs for us to talk about, I don't think, in that. Um, It's good. It's solid, as I said. I, I thought that was Fancy job. Dan. For an entire episode, I thought that one Australian guy was Fancy Dan, and I thought that they were going to have the Enforcers in there, which would have been pretty awesome. That would have been cool. But again, they, they really they don't do a lot of that, and then maybe that's part of what makes it a Marvel spotlight, right? Yeah, the Enforcers geekscapists are Spider-Man well, and Daredevil. Was World by Night also Marvel spotlight? That's the one I thought was a Marvel got a Marvel spotlight intro was World so by too. Night. And that is a character, and of course, Man-Thing, that I hope comes back i, hope, I really hope they and come elsa, back. And elsa yeah 
I would love that. Uh, we were all anticipating some form of a new entry this last Halloween. We thought we were going to get a. Remember when we thought oh, we were going to get a Mephisto awesome. movie or something, yeah. and we got Werewolf by Night in color. Which you know what, we dig it. I love my Werewolf by Night, but let's. Uh, I don't know. It's tough because we talk in these episodes, Ian, about um, how much, how maybe there, it's it's becoming unwieldy. There's too many characters, there's too many releases. People are getting superhero fatigue, comic book fatigue, all this stuff. But folks like you and me, like we want to see these characters put in these him. cool, interesting places. Listen, it, here's where it's tricky. You know, I've had this conversation since Endgame, where I'm like, okay, the Avengers you care the most about are gone. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, this is one of the growing pains Marvel has at the same time. I'm interested in these other stories. I'm interested in these, call them lower level, lower tier, you know, characters. I thought the idea of Disney plus series was a nice way to get them, but unfortunately they cost a lot of money. I remember mm-hmm. years ago when the Netflix series were on, we loved Daredevil so much. And I remember saying to you, it was really weird. Like we love Daredevil, but the idea that Spider-Man doesn't get to have that kind of character development, because, you know, he gets a movie and Daredevil gets, you know, three seasons, you know, at 13 episodes each, you know, like, it's like, wait a second. It, it's odd that the bigger character actually gets less time and yet they spend more money on it. But it's also, don't, would, wouldn't you say that the accessibility of Netflix and the fact that Netflix was in so many TV households at the time really helped that character? And it, the, what I'm really alluding to is when we talk about different tiers of popularity or different tiers of exposure for characters, um, Iron Man was B list. Iron Man and Captain America and Thor in the the Paramount characters were solidly B list. Well, here's the thing that's weird about those characters. They were B list in terms of public awareness, popularity, but not in terms of as a Marvel comics reader, they were decidedly a list, but their books didn't sell. Yes, but I'm just saying in terms of the pantheon of characters within Marvel, they were A-list. In terms of the the numbers that their individual books were selling at, they were B-list. The books that were selling, right? But Geekscape is the the books that were selling were Spider-Man and X-Men. Right. And when when and, when, and, when, and Spider-Man and X-Men still sell all the time. And when when Feige went to whatever fund to try and get a, a movie line started on Captain America and on well, well, Thor. Well, David Mizell did it, but yes. It, when they went to the when they asked for the money to make Thor, Captain America and Iron Man, they closed they said what are the comic book sales? And the comic sales were not Spider-Man and X-Men because, and they'd sold those off to Fox and Sony. And they couldn't make the Captain America, the the Avengers, the Iron Man movies until they come along with Bendis and they make new Avengers. And who do they put in the Avengers book? They put Wolverine and they put Spider-Man on the Avengers. New Avengers with Cap and Iron Man and Thor goes to number one. Buoyed, of course, and like floated by the popularity of Spider-Man and, and Wolverine, they walk right oh, back into that and door and they say, look at the Avengers now, and they get themselves a movie deal for four <laughs> pictures or five pictures, whatever it was back at Par- the Paramount stuff. And the interesting thing about that was also sort of this idea of like, well, who are your best, biggest characters? Because Marvel kind of wasn't doing that. They did Avengers mm. was their corner. Spider-Man was his loneliest thing, you know. X-Men was their own corner. Even though, listen, they had graduated Beast into the X-Men I mean, in the 80s, before. 70s. And I love currently 70s. in the X-Men books, one of the highlights of the X-Men books, and we've talked about uh, how we feel about the X-Men books offline. Um, there's been some great stuff. One of the highlights for me for the X-Men books has been how much Tony Stark Iron Man has been in it. 
Iron Man, Tony yeah. Stark's is straight yeah. up like a big and, part of the X Men and Ms. Marvel. Yeah, yeah, but she's a mutant now. Well, that's just it, and and, and that actually came. That that's an interesting development that came because of the movies mm-hmm. and show, right? The MCU affected that. It's it's been interesting to see that stuff go back to the page and the page come back. But to what's the, fascinating about that is she would have been a mutant and they made her an inhuman at a time where they didn't want Fox to get new characters. <laughs> so they made her right? an inhuman when the original idea for her, you know, I'd read an interview somewhere saying that she was meant to be a mutant. So now they've gone back and they're like, well, she's going to be both. And it's interesting. They're taking their time of discovering her mutant abilities because they might affect her inhuman abilities. Mm. It's obvious what they're going to be. They're going to be the ability she has in the MCU. Yeah. Um, so Ian, and we're all leaning towards X-Men now. Like, like this this train is going. Um, and Fantastic Four. What By the way, we... to, 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 oh, yeah, go ahead. coming back to your point again, same thing. Like, Fantastic Four was, for a long time, kind of considered B-list based on sales, but clearly, as a comic reader, A-list. Cornerstone of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Marvel's first family. Right. Absolutely. And I... I love hearing a few more rumors coming out of that camp of the movie being made. I like the scheduling conflicts people like Pedro Pascal might be having at the moment. Uh, I, I'm, I'm anticipating all of it. I'm a big Isn't fan. Is Vanessa Kirby confirmed yet or still not? I'm not even looking at any of that stuff, Ian, until you text it to me in our threads with the Justin Jordan and Christian Blatt. I am not, I'm keeping myself off the Twitters. I'm keeping myself off the stuff. There's, uh, I I've been working on comics over here. Ian, I was I woke up early this morning. I know it's it's a holiday, but I work woke up at like five and I was sending notes back to an artist in Chile on a, on comic book stuff. That stuff is oh. going to be coming to Geekscape later. But um, I've been working on so many fun stories and things over here. I've been a writing fiend at the moment. Um, awesome. So if news comes to me, it comes through. It, it probably comes through Ian Kerner, which is you're a resource man and you're a resource here and here and I love it. Let's quickly just talk about what's coming next on Marvel. We're only getting one film this year. We're getting the, we're getting Deadpool in July. Can't wait. Marvel's not doing anything with that early that first week in a May date anymore, no. which is just it was just their date for a long time. Uh, when Thunderbolts uh, left July, Deadpool slid to July. It was going to be that that May date. What do we got? coming up we have daredevil born again but i don't think that's soon is it we also have coming for a while i I got the harkness yes agatha harkness is is apparently done in the can and they're holding it okay holding that back anytime you guys want to release it i'm happy to see it yeah i'll watch it (laughs) um but yeah then daredevil i mean they're they're kind of shooting and figuring that out now so i could be a sweet fall it could be but i don't i haven't heard anything saying it's gonna be Okay, so we're we're actually going to get a little thin on the on the Marvel Less stuff this year. On that part, I'm they, not the one that ruined it. Marvel, I showed up every single time. I so watched you, your shows day one. I showed up. Why am I being punished? <laughs> I'm kidding. It's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair to people like Ian. <laughs> you know I, what? I, I watched Echo in one day. Yeah. yeah, I watched it. We, we we were watching it for dinner and like the dinner yeah. thing. That first I watched episode two of before dinner, great. and then afterwards I watched the other three. And Ian, was I right or not about What If season two? I loved it. It's fucking awesome. So good. It was awesome. And I have a friend who loved Echo. So I and maybe she has some uh, 
maybe she's not into the animated thing, but I said, listen, trust me. Jonathan, for the viewers, I want to say Jonathan was literally saying the Ian, don't, you know, slow down. Don't watch all of what if, because in case Echo's not good, you want, might want to clean the palette. And I was like, With what no, if? T- it was already like, you text, I was like, dude, I'm already, I, I was like, <laughs> in the second last episode, I was like, no. Ian had a lot of stuff going on off the week before. Uh, yeah. Oh, the week before. And he didn't actually get to what if when I thought he was going to do it. You know, I got to yeah. tell you, like, like, uh, still our- Aquaman. oh, well, that one. I know. Which, I, I, I want to gauge though. your palette now. Have you seen? But you've seen the minus one, right? You've seen the Godzilla minus one. No, I haven't been in the theater. Okay, the watch Aquaman first, <laughs> and then, and then minus one is the palette cleanser. Okay, in case okay. I'll fair. tell you what, uh, I loved. I had so much fun at Aquaman too because I took my nephew right. and okay. we just it, the 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 movie reprints the same money that they yeah. they cashed my, in on Aquaman my one. My stepson's the, not even interested. It's Bonkers City. Yeah, if he'd been interested, um, we would have gone weeks ago. He'd say, oh, oh, Patrick okay. Wilson's great. Dolph Lundgren's great. Okay, it's fun. Black Manta's great. Yeah. Um, it's a fun, but but Ian, you have to run to this Godzilla minus one. Yeah, I need to see it. Ian, it's hard. The Godzilla minus one. I'd be watching more of these Oscar hopefuls if it was like Killers of the Flower Moon minus one. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Sure. Because Godzilla's not—I mean, he's—he's he's not entirely in this movie that much. The minus one, but it's a beautiful, wonderful movie. And then Godzilla's actually in it. If they okay. do Killers of the Flower Moon minus one, or maybe Saltburn minus one, what do you think? Yeah, sure. Saltburn minus one with the digital stuff that they do now with the computers and the—I like it. The digital stuff they could add Godzilla. To, you know, if if it's not doing too well like right it. now, the Maestro minus one. Sure. What do you think of that, Bradley Cooper? Maestro minus one, like you're, you're the maestro, and then you hear, ah! and then it, people are going to complain. Some people are going to be like, "Oh, you know, the prosthetic on Godzilla is not realistic enough." Oh, I can still tell it's Godzilla. <laughs> I'm telling you, it would get my butt in the seats a lot faster. Uh, well, Ian, it sounds like you're busy. If you're not watching the minus one, it sounds like you're super busy. So I'll let you get back to it. Um, if we have less Marvel releases, it does not mean we're going to see less Ian here. Hopefully, I was going to say, Wars, by the way, I, I agree about, um, about, um, what do you call it? A monarch. And I would be offended that you're not having me on that geekscape, but I <laughs> guess Chris Black is a better person to have on to discuss. Monarch. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, I saw the trailer for the Kong Godzilla sequel. Yeah, where they fight Cranky Kong from Donkey Kong Country. I mean, they have like a, there's like an I evil. Say, I haven't Kong. seen the trailer. Oh, yeah. the trailer. The big threat. Of the trailer is there's like a a, a a bigger, meaner Kong. Really? Yeah. And so, and I think Kong, our Kong is injured. They got to give him a power glove. He gets this power glove. He's got really? a, he has this badass glove, and it's getting really a little Mortal Kombat-y, a little, I mean, because Godzilla, King Kong versus yeah. Godzilla is a little silly, a little fun, yeah, really popcorny. Monarch is not that. Monarch is a little Monarch more, elevates Monarch is fun. the whole series. And that is what I was going to say, is that Monarch really and sold... stuff. Dude, it, dude, I bawled it, in that dude, last episode. It Monarch sold I the tickets. I cried twice in that last episode. As far as I'm concerned, Monarch sold me some tickets to that set next Kong, King Kong Godzilla. And if we can get any crossover there, who knows? I know Chris Black can't tell us, but I just want to talk Monarch. I mean, and, and you met Chris this summer at Comic Con. No, I actually met Chris years ago from oh. work. It would the Outcast. Yeah, yeah, that's how we met him here on the show. And Geekscape, that's all back in the Geekscape 
uh feed so we all of our episodes are free go back and share and explore and see oh we had this creator on we had this creator on i sometimes forget what who we've had on the show but we keep bringing them to you every week people like ian or people from the writing or video games or comics um i think i have comics coming up next week who knows but i keep bringing you the pop culture stuff every week so share it with your friends tell people about geekscape and then join us on the socials search for geekscape on instagram facebook twitch instagram whatever you got and and talk to us uh i'm jonathan at geekscape.net you can find ian on our geekscape forever group he chimes in every now and then he loves it and um yeah leave us those five-star reviews that helps our visibility too um i asked for a star that from one of our favorite 80s movies and they turned geekscape down and all i could think is the geekscapes are good geekscapes are not leaving enough reviews because we got turned down we get a lot of stars we get some pretty awesome people but this star was a good one this was one where i was like oh that i told the publicist to set me up with a boxing match with the star oh i said if 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 he's not going to do the show then i want to fight him but boxing why not wrestle if I told you who it was, you would understand that boxing was the appropriate way to go. Okay. I think I know who it is. <laughs> All right, Geekscape. I'm always working for y'all. So subscribe, share with your friends, leave the reviews, and keep pushing Geekscape forward and watching all of our other stuff. But we'll see you guys next week. All right. Thanks, Ian, for joining me. Sure. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.